0: Oh, hey, I'm Kevin. I'm here too. All right. Welcome to Chief Chats with Kevin Hobby and Todd Hagopian. I'm Kevin Hobby.
1: And I'm Todd Hagopian. And we have with us a uh, Oklahoma LP member, Jay Norton, Armed Bear Caucus. Jay?
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: Thank you for coming on. I think today's hot topic of the day is going to be student loans. Kevin, you want to kick us off here?
0: Yeah, so, you know, the hot topic of the day um, on social media and everything has been the new Biden proposals for student loan forgiveness. Um, I know that we've seen a bunch of different opinions coming from progressives, conservatives. We've seen some libertarians before and some be against it. So I just thought that we should uh, all come on and discuss our varying opinions and different things like that. The interesting thing is it seems that uh, like most things with Joe Biden... Um, nobody really knows what his plan is, least of all him. So, um, that was, should make this pretty interesting. Um, in researching this, we were even discussing, it looks like, um, he's pushing for 10,000 and then the more progressive, um, caucuses within the democratic party are pushing for 50,000.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's my understanding and and there was a lot of debate about it during the Democratic primaries and that we didn't actually hear that much about it during the presidential election, just because uh, all we heard was name calling during the presidential election. Uh, but the two camps, as far as I understand it, are basically 10000 for all borrowers or $50,000 for all borrowers. Um, and then I think Joe Biden has a caveat out there that he also wants to make Um College, public college, free for anyone making under one hundred twenty-five thousand uh, going forward. I'm not sure how or or the justification there. Um, so let's just start with um, what the goals of this is. So let's talk about why they're doing it. The idea is is that college has become so expensive that people are saddled with so much debt that they can't get out of it. Um, so that's the idea, and that by eliminating these loans or reducing these loans, they will then be able to um, to accomplish more, the economy will go well, you know, they can flourish as an adult. Jay, what are your thoughts here?
2: Uh, it's absolute madness, as I think a real libertarian would say. Um, I... I, and on the, other, on the flip side, I'm kind of mad. Uh, I had about 5,000 in loans once upon a time, and I paid it off about 25, 30 years ago. So do I get do I get that back? Maybe with interest? I figure if I had 5,000 dollars 30 years ago in a, in a 401K, it'd be worth about 40 to 50 now, so I'll just take a check for 50 if they want to call it good. But no, uh, I, I think a lot of this, is just, it, it's just flat out vote buying, right? I'm going to promise you the moon. I'm going to wipe all your tears away. Uh, everything's going to be great. College should be free. And the, the audience that you're going for are the younger, more inexperienced cohorts of the American populace who don't understand how these things worked in the first place, and you know, they don't realize someone's gonna pay the piper at some point. Right. I mean
1: And you let's know. kind of break your answer down into a couple of pieces here sure. this is important because um because there's a few different ways that libertarians attack this, and I think we should talk about each of them. And the first one is the first thing you said, which was a lot what a lot of us say, you know, is we've been paying student loans for X amount of time and um, and now, you know, somebody's going to get it for free. And this brings up the old, what they call the trolley problem um, in politics, where if you guys have ever seen this cartoon, essentially, you know, 10 people just got ran over by a trolley, which, you know, in today's world would be a train. There's 10 more people on the tracks. Do you divert the trolley to save the 10 people, or is that not fair to the 10 people who died, you know, five minutes ago when yeah. the trolley ran over them? So that's the trolley problem, and that's what people constantly bring up when somebody makes that argument. What do you say to that?
2: Um, Well, in as much I mean, I'm not going to dig into the analogy of the trolley problem specifically, (laughs) but I mean, and I was kind of joking, obviously. Uh, That was a argument from Envy, right? Where's mine? You're getting getting stuff I never got stuff. But (laughs) it really is for the party of, you know, fairness and justice to be, you know, pushing something so grossly unfair to people who are responsible with their borrowing practices. Um, I I will say when I uh, matriculated at a a public college, Oklahoma State University, this is like, uh, you know, in the late 80s, we'll say, I think a credit hour for, freshman was 37 and a half, and with fees, it was like 42, something like that, uh, per hour. Uh, now it's way more. Uh, I want to say it's at least three times that much. And that can't be, that can't be uh, lined up with you know inflation and the CPI and stuff like that. So what, what we all know is the student loan guarantees have outpaced Inflation year after year after year, which, you know, through some simple microeconomic theory, you know, that's just going to pull the price up. So in essence, it's a death spiral, just one going the opposite direction of ever-increasing prices because I'm not sure if I'm answering your question very well, but this is kind of the first step to you understanding, to I think,
1: that was an interesting one you just made. So give me those numbers again. Just uh,
2: I want to, I, I want to say, and I and I have this weird mind that that latches onto weird facts yeah. and numbers. But I want to say it was after fees. I want to say it was forty two fifty per credit hour for a one thousand two thousand level courses at Oklahoma State. Okay,
1: and I just looked it up, and Oklahoma State's running right around three hundred dollars a credit hour
2: after now, fees. Uh, I, I guess about, I mean yeah, really, so, yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, what was minimum wage back then, Jay?
2: Four and a quarter, I think.
1: Okay. Yeah. Somewhere are there. South-based uh, growth. So, okay. So there's, so one thing, let's go back to the trolley problem for a minute. I think you actually answered mm-hmm. it better than most people do. Cause most people, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's not fair. It's this and that. I should have gotten my money you know, um, yes, they should get their money because we didn't get ours. I think the correct answer is what you said, is if we're the party of accountability, you know, we should be preaching accountability and not trying to um, right wrongs. So for sure, we shouldn't be trying to right the wrongs going backwards. You know, if everyone gets 50000 we shouldn't be offering 50000 the to the 30 million people who have already paid off their loans. I think that that's not a very libertarian position in my
2: Right.
1: Um, we should be preaching accountability. That the people who still owe money, who wrote on the dotted line that they would pay it back, have to pay it back. In my opinion, that's a a liberty. Do we
2: do we dare go into maybe the cultural aspect of this? At that, an engineering degree and a fine arts degree are about the same price.
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> interesting. I think um, I think one one thing. Uh, that I did in my research was realized that when you actually look at the degrees that people end up getting, you know, over 80% of the degrees are legitimate, you know, get you into a decent, um, decent profession degree. So the fine arts, you know, talking point that I've used myself is not actually that significant what I think is significant. And this is one that I got into it with somebody because I wrote a tweet, something along the lines of, you know, if you're 18 and you have a great business idea and you're ready to work 80 hours a week, no bank will give you a hundred thousand dollars. But if you're 18 and you want to go to college and drink a whole bunch and hook up with a bunch of strangers, every bank will give you a hundred thousand dollars, right? Um, <laughs> and yeah, somebody came, came at me pretty hard and said, well, that's cause 20% of businesses fail in the first year and 50% fail by year five. And I was like, oh, okay, that's the interesting point. So I It has nothing
2: to, to do up. with the fact that a bank has no skin in the game- Right. With a student loan.
1: And well, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, but I started to look up um, based on their response. And it turns out that 28% of people that apply to college um, and get into college and start college do not go get to the second year. So, twenty percent of, student, of core companies, you know, don't make it out of the first year. Twenty-eight percent of students don't make it out of the first year. It turns out that fifty percent of companies don't make it past year five. Well, fifty-seven percent of college graduates or college uh, students haven't graduated by year six. So their numbers are actually worse than the business numbers and and that brings you back to what you're saying jay and this is oh, the, yeah. the crux of the issue is what bank in their right mind would give a loan to somebody who has proven nothing who may or may not end up graduating who has not even decided what major they are going to have and has not committed to the time frame or even that they will graduate what bank in their right mind would give a loan in that situation, and Jay, what's the answer to that?
2: The answer is almost no bank in the world. Maybe one of those check-cash-in-places would float <laughs> you for a week, and but so- without, we all know, without uh, Uncle Sam basically telling the banks, you know, hey, no, go ahead. We'll cover it if they default. Uh, that, that's, you know, it it, it sounds, It sounds crazy, right? I mean, why wouldn't you? If you were underwriting a loan, you'd say, oh, you mean I have actually, my financial institution is zero risk in this scenario and we stand to earn some money? Okay. Why wouldn't you take profit with zero risk?
1: So let's pull in our former lefty here. Kevin, answer this question from your former super lefty days and then answer this question from today. (laughs)
0: Well, um, the, the progressive point of view on this is that the overall everybody benefits from a more educated society and that's just true. You know, everybody benefits from a more educated society. So if we are not as a populace investing in education for all of those, including the downtrodden and those that cannot afford it, then we're, it's a detriment to our entire society because we're all in this together as one, um. You know, you, you move into neighborhoods and one of the first things that you look at is the income, which is directly tied to education in, in most places. So you want to live in places that have better education. So why wouldn't you just want everybody to be better educated? Um, so that, that's the progressive argument. You know, um, I made this point in a podcast earlier. Um, it's dinosaur politics. It's great big hearts, little bitty brains. Um, so they don't think about the the long term of that and that's what I really want people to whenever we're arguing with progressives on this one of the things that we need to recognize is that they're they're coming from a place of compassion Um, most of them even if you look at most of those people that you're arguing with online I would venture to say that the majority of them dropped out of college a long time ago they probably don't have a ton in student loans um They're just arguing it from a from a place of compassion, because that's what uh, that's where progressivism comes from. My left leaning libertarian viewpoint of everything now is. um, The government is basically borrowing money from the Federal Reserve to pay to back these. So if they just, um, you know, were to say, you know, people don't owe this, they still owe that debt. Uh, they still owe that debt to the federal reserve. It's not like they, that money just came out of nowhere. Um, And if it does come out of nowhere and they don't pay that back to the federal reserve, then that will be felt in the form of inflation. We all know inflation hurts the lowest earners the most. Um, So it's actually the less compassionate thing is to forgive these student loans, because what will happen is that that inflation will hit, you know, your, um, Family that's working, you know, each person has three jobs and they're barely able to put food on the table because their dollar this year is worth 30% less than what it was last year. Um, so, you're, if you want to come at it from a place of compassion by forgiving these, the trickle down effect and the ripple effect will actually hurt the lowest earners far, far more than anything else that we, that we talk about.
2: And I think uh, one, of the, one of the concepts I got from reading. Many economists, modern economists, Austrian types, was you can't look at it in terms of uh, income as uh, income and purchasing power is better measured as to how many hours did I have to work to buy a steak? How many hours did I have to work to get, you know, obtain X? And if that goes higher, then everybody is, you know, literally poorer irrespective of how many dollars they have, right? So, um, and I wanted to, uh, what you just said about uh, what I think you were slipping into, Kevin, was a little bit of the, the progressive notion of the public good, right? So, education is a public good. Society is made better, arguably, they will say, by uh, people being more educated. And I wanted to read a if you could indulge me for a second, I would read a quote and you can tell me who you think said it, you ready? Mm -hmm. Every time we object to a thing being done by government, the socialists conclude we object to its being done at all. We disapprove of state education. Thus the socialists say we are opposed to any education. We object to a state religion. The socialists say we want no religion at all. We object to state enforced equality. And they say we are against equality, and so on. It is as if the socialists were to accuse us of not wanting people to eat because we do not want the state to raise grain. This is, a, this is an easy layup uh, for some, maybe, but that was uh, Mr. Frederick Bastiat in the mid-19th century, right? And he's saying what we're saying today. He said it pretty eloquently, but it's this idea that the dinosaur brain effect, you're talking about big hearts and little brains, right? We want everybody to have the education that they desire. We want people to have what they need. Where we differ is how do you get there? How do you ensure that people can have bread, you know, uh, a reasonable level of education, a decent job, all these things. You know, libertarians just believe the government is probably the worst vehicle for that.
0: So. Right, well, and that's, that's the, you know, that that's where it, it all comes down to just a, a different viewpoint. The only, the only difference between us and progressives in that notion is that the evidence is on our side. Um, when you really start looking down to the numbers and everything it favors a more free market capitalistic approach even from the education end you know um, if you look at companies um most large companies now if they hire somebody that doesn't have a degree they will pay them in order to get a degree which is a, a much better option for most people um and I think that if you were to go to a mostly or a more free market, more capitalist society, that would be the, you know, if you didn't have a minimum wage, if you didn't have all of these things, then every company would be in competition and more companies would offer that as a benefit in order to get it. And we would overall have a more educated society, which would benefit everybody.
2: Well, and have you, the other thing I was just thinking of is have we all noticed uh, what, what, what I would call, degree dilution right it used to be if you had a bachelor's degree that was something you know if you came out of uh school when my mother went to went to college and she got a you know an education degree and certificate and started teaching in the late 60s you know that was you're done very very few people needed to go past that for a professional uh, job and now uh, if you don't have a bachelor's, you're, you're not even, you know, your your resume is in a pile. Oh, another guy with a bachelor's. Okay, and I mean, and we've we've also, I guess, the flip side of this coin, I guess, of uh, of having a, of, a kid, of, of college being so expensive is that the degree is arguably worth less objectively.
1: Yeah
2: even though it costs so much more orders of magnitude more that that bachelor's degree means
0: almost nothing. Right. But a A lot lot of companies are requiring, you know, now you've got where bachelor's are kind of the entry level. Um, right. That's, that's what I was getting at. And so, um, like a, a funny story, uh, that I experienced myself was, um, two years ago, um, I was in the process of uh, my consulting firm. We didn't really have a lot of work. So I was going to get like a normal job on the side in order to focus more on to where I wouldn't have to give myself a salary, basically. So I could focus more on making sure that my consultants had the work and that type of stuff. So um, I had two jobs with the Department of Environmental Quality. One was for an entry level position and one was actually for the supervisor of that entry level position. So I interview for the supervisor position first, right? I come in and they say, listen, we can't give you this job because you're overqualified. We're looking for somebody that has two years of experience. You have closer to 10. You know, you have all these certifications. We're not going to be able to offer you something within your pay scale and we're just not going to make you an offer right now because you're overqualified for this. And I said, well, then I guess I don't need to do the second interview, right? Cause that's the entry level one. And they said, Oh, actually, you're not qualified for that because you don't have a degree. So I was simultaneously not qualified for the entry level, but overqualified for the supervisor for that entry level. That, yeah, that's state logic. And that's the U S government in a nutshell.
1: I think they made some, some really interesting points about um, how college has become table stakes now and, and what that means. And so, first of all, why has college become table stakes? Because the government has taken on the student loans to made it so that anybody can go to college. And what they've actually done is driven a bigger wedge between the rich and the poor. Because as you look at it from a gender and demographic standpoint, there's still more men and more whites going to college. And there are still more women and more minorities dropping out of college once they go. Um, and and so what you end up with is you're getting this bigger wedge um, and the folks who didn't come along for the ride are in even worse position than they were when only a portion of the, uh, the only a smaller portion of the population was going to college. And now, as Jay said, You have to go and get your master's or something else to to move forward. So even when I graduated college in 2004, after a lengthy stay at multiple colleges, um, I was a bank manager within a few years, making about $45,000 a year, maybe, coming out of college um, after a few years and a few promotions. And when I went to business school, I doubled my income um, after that. Right, that's where I made the mark, you know what I mean? That you used to get when you graduated college, you would double your income. I was making the same as my friends who didn't go to college, you know, coming out of there. Um, and so I was looking at this Census Bureau thing, um, and they were saying that a college education right now is worth about $900,000, is how they put it, is that the average person will make. I think they said $1.2 million in their lifetime, but if they have a college degree, they'll make 2.1 million. And then master's and doctorate kind of go up exponentially. Um, So it's just interesting that this has all been driven kind of to where Kevin was saying in the public good, it's good for everyone to be more and more educated. But what they've really done is said, now you gotta take out $60,000 of student loans just to get to table stakes where you'll have an average job that makes $50,000 a year. You know what I mean? If you really want to do well, you have to take $150,000 of loans. Um, and by the way, those loans are only that big because colleges know that these loans are guaranteed and they've been able to price hike tuitions like crazy over time.
2: Yep. I watched it go up, uh, Several years in a row, I mean, it was probably the late 90s, and I think it was the University of Oklahoma did like a five or 10% tuition hike a year for five years in a row, somewhere in there, and just because. And they, you know, they'll say they need it for any number of things, but I think the other thing that, that we've seen with the price of college is your money's not going to your. your The, uh, they're suffering from the same bloat that the secondary schools are where the administrator to student ratio is going the wrong way. Um, And then the faculty, I think I wanna say uh, at least around Oklahoma, there's been a push towards adjunct, right? So we'll hire a bunch of part-time professors as adjuncts and they'll do a class or two, but they're not gonna get benefits, right? They're, they're not full-time, they're not tenured or any of this other stuff. So, colleges are looking for ways to save themselves money at the same time raising prices. So, I'm wondering what's where's it all going?
1: That's a great point. I mean, all of their salaries are public, right? I don't remember.
2: Right, and I think the president of the University of Oklahoma is – maybe the second highest paid state official in Oklahoma behind the football coach.
1: And I remember when I graduated uh, from Michigan state in the MBA program, I remember looking back at that when it got published and, and I was going to make as a, as a day one graduate more than like 80% of my favorite professors uh, because they were all adjunct. You know what I mean? They weren't tenured guys. They were, And these are people teaching master's courses. And, um, and to your point, I mean, where is this money being invested? What's it, you know, and where does my $600 for the book go? Where does my, you know, $30,000 for the tuition go? Is it going to athletics? Because it seems like it when you look at those types of
2: reports. Well, they, they will tell you that the athletics program
0: pays for itself
2: and yeah. other, and that may be.
0: 200. Um yeah, well, the, the professional, I mean, we're getting, we'll, we'll get out in the weeds with this, but yeah, when it comes <laughs> to AA and college sports, that's a racket. Because those yeah. kids don't get paid. They make those universities millions of dollars. They don't even get money from their own jersey sales. So, I mean, that's a, that's a whole racket and it's in its own. Right. Um,
1: Let's dive into, I think there were some interesting opinions during the Libertarian presidential Debates.
2: Yeah, I'd jump on those. Oh, are we talking about.
1: I'll going back to student loans here?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, there were, I, I don't know who else was as clued to their YouTubes as as we were here at the Arm Bear Den. But uh, we tried to watch um, all of the POTUS, the LP POTUS and V POTUS debates. And there were some rather curious things being said by you know uh, high-profile candidates like a Mr. Verman Supreme, uh, was wholly in support of, of getting rid of student loans, and I believe Adam Kokesh said something similar talking about it's just fiat currency, anyway, um, it costs us nothing to just zero the loan, and I had to come back and say, "Somebody owes somebody something. you can call it. A fiat dollar or whatever, but somebody owes somebody something, and my pocket's going to get picked.
1: Yeah. So, well, let's talk for somebody, about it because uh, yeah. that is—I mean, there are there are you know, quote unquote, real libertarians out there that are making the arguments that that this that we should be supporting this for a variety of reasons. The most common ones I've heard are we should support anything that acts as if um, acts as a tax cut and we shouldn't support anything that will drive right. economic stimulus that doesn't, you know, quote-unquote, cost us.
2: Right, and that was uh, that, the idea that it's stimulus or that it's a tax cut might hold water if it was actually a tax cut, but it isn't. It's taking money directly from everyone else yeah. to satisfy that bank debt. There's people don't... That was back to the first principles of student loans that we were talking about earlier. I don't think most people understand... The federal government doesn't loan you money right they guarantee a loan to a bank you go and you borrow from wells fargo or whatever you don't borrow from uncle sam now at some point your loan if you go into default may get owned by a federal quasi-governmental entity but when that happens one of the reasons that it's not just Probably into bankruptcy is you're you're on the hook to the taxpayer at that point because that's back to that's back to economic first principles right I mean one of the things that's always stuck with me after after going through uh, Henry Hazlitt's you know econ in one lesson was the notion the government has no money right the government has no resources of its own it it can only take from someone and give to someone else so when the government decides oh well i'm going to give this bank their money back because you know kevin hobby took out 100,000 dollars for his sculpture degree that he's failed at you know he dropped out after 2 weeks somehow he spent 100 grand in 2 weeks i don't know but then you know he owes he owes his bank 100 grand he clearly can't pay it uncle sam comes along and he goes all right bank here you go we'll give you your 100 grand and then he'll be on the hook to us That's even more of a nightmare scenario, right? Now you're on the hook to the feds. They will garnish you.
1: Yeah, and I think um, my response has been, you know, it's the opposite of a tax cut because you're basically giving um, folks relief who have not worked yet. (laughs) Exactly. They haven't paid taxes. (laughs) You're giving them $50,000. They haven't worked yet. You know what I mean? A tax cut would be to your point, you know, earlier, going and giving people that have worked for 40 years and been overtaxed for 40 years and giving them some money back. Now, the stimulus part is an interesting one, though, is does it work? Would it work? You know, not that not that I think it's a, a reasonable argument, but there are some libertarians that say, you know, that the stimulus portion, we should be thinking about whether we should support this, mostly I, the younger libertarians. and.
2: I cannot get my head around, and maybe this is displaying some outright bias, but I cannot get my head around libertarians who don't econ at all. Um, And when I say, I mean, clearly I'm talking about market economics, right? And the idea that stimulus does anything other than temporarily pour water from the deep end of the pool into the shallow end of the pool, right and for a microsecond you have more water at one end of the pool i mean i i don't know how you get i don't know how you get there and say oh well there's this magical uh multiplier and i think that was keynes who had this you know they'll talk about the keynesian multiplier well for every money every dollar the government spends on infrastructure we get back 1.4 dollars in something right economic activity or what have you and it all goes back to that that original economic fallacy that the government took that money from somebody else. So you can't possibly know, you know, when the city of Oklahoma City, for instance, throws Maps twenty five down and says, "Ah, we're going to put this penny sales tax out for six years and whatever," and it's going to generate, you know, hundred million dollars. That hundred million dollars was actually sucked like blood f- using the government mosquito, you know, suck that blood from the people somewhere else. They will never know what businesses didn't get started, what economic activity did not occur. And so stimulus to me, it just, do, do you remember the Bush stimulus? How much better off are you? Nobody even remembers. The blip on the economic radar and gone. You know, this. Covid stimulus. Um, I, I, I'll tell you. I remember the Bush stimulus. Everybody got like a twelve hundred dollar check, and it was a lot like this recent one. They got a twelve hundred dollar check, and suddenly, you know, there was a run on on uh, rims
0: for cars. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. wouldn't that, Kevin? Were you the one telling me about that? Yeah, yeah I had a friend. I have a friend. Who Holy does, cow! Uh, he does custom vehicles, and he waited for the stimulus, and then did twelve. Uh, um, Basically, what he did is he brought all of his rims, whether they cost less or more, to 1200 a set <laughs> and sold out. sold out within like eight. <laughs> uh, so it was a huge stimulus. Sorry. I'm going to
2: have to mute myself. and laugh too hard.
1: You know, oh, yeah, wow. think the only down. thing I would say about this stimulus versus other stimulus, yeah, and I'm not defending it, I just want to make it clear that I think there's probably a little bit different. In the case of paying off a student loan completely, and I'm going to make that distinction because I'm going to then come back and say wow, this is so stupid. Uh, in the case of paying off a student loan completely, you are taking away a payment that is being made on a monthly basis for X number of months going forward. Um, so there is more dollars coming into the household essentially. Um, so it's like the $1,200, everyone went out and spent it right away. Well, if you get $212 a month extra, uh, you are more likely to spend $212 a month and not save it. You know what I mean? So that right. type of spin, stimulus where it's not the government actually spending money so much as people having more money right. in their pocket typically does drive into the it,
2: it would. It would be a stimulus to the student. Right. It would benefit the, stu- be around the student. right? At I mean, the cost of yeah. the three of us.
1: Right. And I, I completely, you know, where I stand <laughs> on the issue. I'm just sure. saying <laughs> it would drive economic um it's different than when the government decides to pave a road, you know what I mean, and call it right. stipulus like Obama, where I'm gonna go out and, and pay, you know, for three hundred million dollars or three hundred billion dollars worth of road work and call it stimulus because people are working and that'll drive you know $17 they did
2: that that, uh, during the depression
1: now that being said um, the $10,000 plan this is why I hate Biden's original plan so much um, not to endorse AOC's plan but just the reason I hate Biden's plan so much is there is no um, I can't think of and I've been a banker I can't think of a loan where if you pay $10,000 down, your monthly payment adjusts. It's just the amount of principal Mm -hmm. in that payment adjusts and goes up. Therefore, if you were paying $200, $221 a month before and you pay 10,000 on a $50,000 loan, you would continue paying $221 a month. Otherwise you're gonna cause massive amounts of paperwork across $1.7 trillion worth of student loans all at once for the bankers.
2: Right, you would shorten um, the length of some loans.
1: Right, and That's so my point here is is that the way that Joe Biden has put his you know, student loan plan together would actually cause zero economic stimulus whatsoever, except for in people that have less than $10,000 of student loans. And, and basically, we would just be paying whatever it is, $600 to a trillion dollars, um, and get no benefit whatsoever, except for people would have five bad years of student loan debt instead of 10, which they could have anyway. Um, they could actually do even better than that if they were to just go and refinance into a 20 year loan. You know what I mean? There's private options available that would actually alleviate their debt in so- a more effective way. So right. Todd,
2: did, did there were there any restrictions on potential restrictions on this plan like you can 't take out another loan for ten years or something because student loans aren 't I borrow a hundred grand and then I go yeah. and I give it to the college, and then that account slowly dwindles. You get another loan every year okay. Stafford loans come with different eligibility potentially every year, and so then yes they 'll roll all those together, assuming you use the same lender but What keeps that that kid who cut his loan from twenty to ten or ten to zero from going? Huh? Okay. Well, I guess I can get under the loan now and keep going.
1: Yeah.
2: Nothing. Are they going? Other
1: than other than Biden wants to also make it free to go to school if you make under one hundred twenty five, so that next year they won't even need a student loan because it's free to go. But yeah, if Biden gave you $10,000, you only had $10,000 left on your loan, I suppose you could pay that off and then immediately go and apply to your master's, you know, and take out another loan.
0: Right. Well, another note that, that needs to be brought up about Biden's plan is that these are only for loans that are not already federally backed. These are for private. So this is even worse than AOC's plan, because we're still backing those loans with the federal government. If you read in that, those are for private non-government backed loans. So we would still have all the government backed that we're already paying taxes on and an additional 10,000 per of private loans that we've now taken on the burden of as well. AOC's plan is all federal backed stuff. So, I mean, it's apples to oranges, but at least Biden's plan seems much worse in my eyes, as far as I
1: think, and I might be wrong, so we should probably fact check this in the notes, but I think that, um, that he's expanded that to talk about federal loans also, because the private loans, I believe is only $200 billion and the federal loans is like 1.6 trillion. Um, so I do remember him talking about that, but I feel like he has expanded beyond that because for votes. <laughs> I, think, I think he decided that I wasn't going to buy enough votes to win.
0: Right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, like I said at the beginning, you know, it's hard for us to keep up with what Biden's plan is because not even he knows what it is.
1: Yeah. And I've seen it written both ways. He, I think during the campaign, I remember him talking about that. And, and frankly, AOC's plan ignored the private folks.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, 100%.
1: Which, which is terrible.
2: Okay. Uh, in well, my Joe didn't, Biden didn't know whether he was for or against fracking either. So we all <laughs> remember that. Jeez. Um, I, I have a, this is going to sound like a crazy question, but hey, Todd, yeah. where's the constitutional authority for any
1: of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, humor says, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> this is the best part about what Schumer says. Schumer says that Biden can do up to $50,000 in an executive order. And I'm like, really? And so I started looking through the Constitution, and I'm looking for $50,000 limit somewhere in there, thinking to myself, like, how would the founders have known that $50,000 was going to be the limit, you know, in 2020? (laughs) Like, like there's no reason that there would be any certain... $50,000 in (laughs)
2: 1789 would have bought you a merchant fleet. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so I thought that was really funny today when he when he goes, yeah, by executive order, he can go up to $50,000.
2: I mean, I suppose there might be some weird congressional authority, but, <laughs> you know, we're talking about different ways to attack the problem as libertarians. And one of my, you know, old favorites is, you know, kind of a, a version of what the, the, I think it's the old Madison quote, I I cannot endeavor to lay my finger on the part of the Constitution where this is authorized, <laughs> just <laughs> federal education. I mean, what's the deal there? And making college free under a certain, that's just going to mean uh, more people are mysteriously making 125000 or less. It's so let's gonna lead talk them about,
1: if we can, let's transition over to possible solutions, if there are any. What are your guys' thoughts on where do we go from here? How do we, if if there's a way to get out of this mess, how do we do it? How do we get out of it going forward, at least, if not looking back? What are your guys' thoughts?
0: Well, I have a very unpopular opinion that I was
1: uh, <laughs> we lo- throwing we around, that <laughs> I <laughs> throwing <laughs>
0: around with some people. Um, I look at it like this. I think that, um, so like we discussed earlier, the cost of tuition has gone up and has gone up exponentially because the government got involved. So it could be argued that the reason why these loans are so high is because of government involvement, which would lead me to my next point of perhaps what the solution is, is for the government to fix its own problem, get out and stop subsidizing everything, and then <clears throat> we'll have to we'll have to raise taxes or something to pay it off in order to fix the problem that the government created because we can't just say i mean we could we could stop subsidizing it right now and and that would be okay the colleges would have to adjust and all of that um however you know it's i think it's a government created problem and the government needs to fix it it's like whenever you know like whenever you're growing up if you're the one that spills the milk you need to be the one that clean it up um I think it's gonna hurt. And I think that we need to be honest with ourselves that um, the money is real, the debt is owed, the government backed it and the government needs to fix it. Um, I know as a libertarian, it's it's not popular to say that we would have to raise taxes to pay for something. But the fact of the matter is that the deficit and the debt is real and we can't continue to lower, we can't continue to lower taxes and increase spending. Even if we decrease spending to the bare minimum right now, we would never be able to pay off the, our deficit or the debt.
1: So that's an unpopular question. <laughs> <I,
0: laughs> uh, let me give
2: you uh, uh, the buffering version okay. of, that, uh, of that aspirin, which is, you know, coded for easy <laughs> swallowing. Um, what if they did something maybe more incremental and said, we are going to decrease, uh, you know, the the amount that we will cover by 5% a year. And after 20 years, zero. Give colleges a chance to, you know, panic (laughs) and have to figure out what they're spending their money on and just get rid of it over time. I mean, you can argue numbers all day, but at least stop increasing it. It's the, same, it, it's the same mindset as raising the debt ceiling every year, right? They don't, they kick the can down the road and they never, they figure that I'll be dead before this all comes crashing down.
0: Right. Well, that sounds like Rand Paul's penny plan. Um, you know, so where he's, you just keep taking that away. Um, I could be on board with that, but the my caveat would be if we're going to decrease that, by 5%, then we need to reroute that 5% into paying the deficit until it's down or well, the amount that's owed or whatever it is.
2: Do Are, are we assuming that, that all of the college debts are being paid off by the government? Because the government picking up a loan that's been in default, you're still on the hook for it. You can't discharge it in bankruptcy. And I think everybody kind of understands why they did that. If, right. if you could discharge a student loan debt in bankruptcy, that just means you know, you'll have a zillion kids with horrible credit and the
0: taxpayer paid for a bunch of college. Right. I thought, Todd, didn't you post an article where there is a certain amount that you can discharge in bankruptcy? Yeah,
1: so so first there is a case that uh, allowed somebody to discharge over $120,000 and it was a private, uh, it was a case against Navient, which is a private student loan, that,
2: that would make sense if it was private. I'm talking yeah. if it's a GSL.
1: Found under the same law that governs yeah. the public. Uh, so no one has since charged or, or tried to use this law um, to discharge a student loan. You know, no big case uh, that's public. But the legal opinion of what I posted was that they could. Um, that was the legal opinion that I posted. and And so Here's my solution. I don't think it'll surprise anybody that it's a little more drastic, um, drastically uh, towards right libertarianism. But uh, absolutely no, not one cent of relief for anybody who has student loan today. Um, You signed a document, you went to school, you decided whether to finish and then you got benefit from finishing if you decided to. Uh, benefit to the tune of $900,000, if you believe the U.S. Census Bureau, a lot more than that, if you if you believe um, other folks in common sense. Um, however, going forward, I think that you could have government involved to a degree, um, but make some fast changes that would change things, and that's what I'm going to propose. If you understand how the SBA works for small business loans. It's a very interesting process. I didn't understand this until I took one. Um, They will basically, I might get the numbers wrong here, but they'll basically guarantee 75% of the loan. That's what everyone thinks they know about the SBA, is that they guarantee 75% of their business loan. None of that is true at all. They make you pay for it. I cut the government a $65,000 check when I got my SBA loan to buy the insurance so that the government would guarantee the 75% of my loan. Um, And so I paid for the insurance. (laughs) And then the government basically required that I had it so then the bank was more comfortable in giving the loan because now they're only out the quarter. In this case, they lose a quarter. Uh, and then on top of that, I had to sign a personal guarantee with the bank that said, you know, if the business goes under, I'm on the hook for the loan. You know what I mean? So it's not linked to the business. So everyone's always like, well, the business could go under and you would not be linked to it. That's not true at all. That never happens in real life. Um, so so my point here is, is is if you did almost that exact same thing and you said, listen, Jay, you're going to go to college. It's going to be $120,000 all in in order to buy 75% of uh, insurance on that. It's going to cost you, you know, $8,000 of insurance. Right. So you're now going to owe 128, you know, and then we will guarantee 75% of it. And you'll have to find a bank that guarantees the other 25%. And by the way, you have to write the personal guarantee, which means you're on the hook for the rest of it. Um, but then I think you can change at that point, you can change the bankruptcy law, I think. And I don't, sure. think, I don't think that people will flood the bankruptcy court. It's the worst thing you can possibly do getting out of college is go bankrupt and screw yourself for seven more years. There are jobs that won't hire you. It comes up in background checks, comes up in credit checks. You'll never own a home for seven years. You won't get a car for seven years.
2: You may not be able to get uh, security clearance
1: yeah, exactly. if
2: you have a that type of job?
1: It, it would come up in my background, check as I'm looking at an employee. Uh, so, I mean, there, there are things. Uh, I think that this is a solution that could actually work, and you're actually making these students pay for the insurance. Do you know what I mean? But the government would just be the go-between if you even need it but you probably would just because we always do. Um, That is my solution. And I think it's a, we know it works because it works in businesses uh, and banks are still giving loans, you know, and they're losing some of them and they're winning most of them, um, but they're guaranteed 75%. They're still giving small business loans every day.
2: I think, I think I could live with that as it's it's, it's pragmatic and incremental in a way. And you're not, I often have conversations about, with other libertarians, oddly, about you have to sell this idea to people outside of this bubble, right? So what you're saying is you're coming up with something you could actually probably sell to legislators who are looking for, you know, an option. You can't, we're never going to go out there and convince half the country to yank the rug out and call it a day. Right. But what yeah. you're saying is, yeah, you can still get a loan. You can still get a guarantee. We're asking for some insurance. We're asking for you to put some skin in the game.
1: Yeah. And, and the other thing this plan does is it costs nothing. Cause you're not eliminating debt right this Right. Moment. You know what I mean? It costs nothing. There's no ROI on nothing. You're just, you're setting the, the playing field going forward. And I think that it will drive tuition costs to a halt, if not start to lower them, because they won't have this unlimited. You know, especially if you enact the bankruptcy, the bankruptcy provision. Yeah, I
2: think that's that's something that Biden and AOC and these people don't understand is that it college was the price of college and loans, even what they are fewer people are, go- are going, right, who want to go, I guess, because the, the price is so, you know, outrageous. That, that, that problem was going to solve itself in a giant flaming, you know, vortex of unhappiness at some point. But what they're, <laughs> that, that to me is maybe the worst part of trying to keep this thing going on life support with student loan forgiveness is that, oh, it's never any bucket of money called the American taxpayer. And we'll just leech that again and keep this thing going and get votes from that 18 to 25 demographic. So I like your idea.
1: Yeah, I think um, one other thing that's just interesting that I was thinking about from a college perspective, just in general, as I looked at some of the data was, all the colleges that you would assume um, would have the highest graduation rates due, and all the colleges that you wouldn't assume had the highest don't, you know what I mean? Right. The point there that I'm trying to make is, maybe we don't need Um, I don't know the number, maybe we don't need 10,000 colleges in the United States. You know, in a free market where you have to um, show that you're worth the dollars that you're putting out there, some podunk college that has a 57% graduation rate isn't going to be able to charge $20,000 a year to go there. Um, Because... The bank now will be looking at it and saying, do I want to, you know, send my money to East Wyoming North State, or do I want to send it to the student who's going to Harvard? You know, and the bank is going to start making that decision on where do they want their dollars to go. And I think that some of these colleges that have historically basically ruined people's financial lives by having them not end up graduating in mass. And these, there are some numbers that are high. I'm talking about high number of people don't get through. I think that the free market is going to, is going to whittle the number of colleges down and have the successful colleges rise up and therefore allow more people to be successful that actually try to go to college.
2: Right. I just, uh, I wanted to throw out another anecdote. Um, in that late 80s early 90s uh time frame i was able to actually work a almost minimum wage job pay rent walk to class and carry 12 hours i was able to pay for about 12 uh, which got me my full-time status and got me my you know gi bill stuff um which was it was a reserve gi bill so it wasn't like this massive amount of money but it used to be possible to work your way through school. And today, I don't know how anybody works their way through school unless they take like one or two classes a year. Yeah. And then lives with their parents.
1: Yeah. My, uh, my current student loan debt is still over $50,000, i will tell you that. And it's because of the master's degree to which I almost had a full ride in but, but had to take out money to live. Uh, and it still ended up being, you know, older, $50,000 here,
2: 10 years later. Yeah, I have a, uh, more anecdotes. Uh, I have a younger cousin. He's probably mm, 15 years behind me. And uh, he went and took out loans and got his degree. It was a, a technology-related degree, uh, oddly, in, like, animation.
0: Really?
2: Uh yeah, and it, he went right out of college, got a job doing computer animation, had like sixty or seventy grand in debt, which right now looks pretty good. I mean, this is a few years ago. I think people wish they only had seventy thousand now. But he got he got a job. Um, and, you know, eventually moved up in the ranks. I'm, I, I don't know where his loan status is now. I haven't asked him, but. You know, at the time he graduated, it was 700 800 a month, which is basically a modest mortgage yeah. in the U.S.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a good point, and I think something that people don't talk enough about. I know for a fact there's millions of people out there that have these um, government loans that have not refinanced them because we keep talking about potentially paying them off. I went from $750 a month down to, I think, $420 a month, just a very simple refinance process, um, and so there are hundreds and thousands and millions of people in the United States. I was about to say kids, but not kids, because more than 50% of the student loans are still held by people over 35, so there are people all over the United States complaining about student loans that can take very simple actions adult actions to refinance debt and have a more um, responsible cash flow in their personal finances Uh, and that's one of the reasons that I'm so against us paying for anything because I feel like we're taking away people People need to learn how to do this stuff. This Mm -hmm. is part of the real world. You need to learn how to work cash flow in your personal finances and it's not that hard and there's simple steps that you should at least have to prove that you've tried um, before. Like I'd rather, I'd rather see us uh, have the government, you know, pay for the bankruptcy discharges or something like that.
2: Um, or, so, or credit you know, cards. Yeah, yeah. Wipe our credit cards clean.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's other things that are not not credit cards. <laughs> I didn't mean to say yeah. That <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> I, <Gotcha>. would rather, <laughs> I would rather have the government, you know, wipe it clean if you're going bankrupt. A true bankrupt so that you don't have the student loan after you go bankrupt you know what I mean rather right. than a 35 year old who should know better who's still paying 700 when they could refinance down to 420 you know so anyway that's my that's my two cents on the accountability that I always preach from a libertarian standpoint I don't feel like we are making folks learn how to be good with finances, and that's so important. Otherwise, we're just going to have to bail them out again in 10 years on the next thing that they screw up like credit cards.
2: Maybe this is something that the state level, uh, you know, in Oklahoma, you have to do uh, financial literacy before you graduate high school now, Mm -hmm. and I need to check and see if they're force feeding people that little nugget of wisdom don't go off to college and take six figures worth of debt and think that that you're going to be fine. Uh, we've, we did the same since we're homeschooling. Uh, my wife did a similar program. I actually I actually used this, the state uh, of Oklahoma's curriculum wasn't actually bad. So we took a look at that and it kind of mixed in some Dave Ramsey <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and went from there but I think this is I think I, the panel all agrees right no discharging of student debt at all
1: I think Kevin for any all
2: number over. of reasons <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I think I think at the end of the day you can see even with within libertarians there's disagreement on how to deal with this I think that there's going to be multiple decisions here it's it's what do we do about the folks who have the debt what do we do going forward? But I think the most important thing that we talked about today is just um, understanding that we need to know what the goals are before we come up with the plan. And that never happens in politics. So I know that's heresy, but the goals have not been outlined at all here. The $10,000 doesn't accomplish anything. The $50,000 accomplishes a trillion dollars in debt. You know, where is the offset to that? Doing nothing accomplishes nothing either. So we need to have something, you know, whether that's going forward or, or something like I was talking about, I don't know. Um, but I think we need to hold politicians accountable to have them lay out the goals prior to laying out their plans, just like we would for any middle manager or entry level manager in our workplace.
2: You're, you're asking people to be involved in the political process. With their representatives, <laughs> Todd. That's a big ask.
1: I'm just asking the representatives to be involved in the political process. <laughs> you
2: have to actually find out who
0: they are. There's some percentage of people that have no idea who the representatives are in Congress. Yeah. I think the thing that we can all agree on is that eliminating the debt right now is just treating the symptom. Um, we need to treat the disease, which is the government subsidies of education. Um, That's right. And if we have, you know, the thing about Biden's final point of, you know, college should be free for everybody that makes under X amount, um, you know, what will end up happening there is you will have government, 100% government funded universities that people will go to and will end up paying through property taxes or whatever. And then you'll have private and then you'll have charter basically whatever you want to call it and we'll get into the same thing that we're dealing with k-12 through right now where you have a very very subpar public education option and that you're paying for regardless um and that's definitely not the solution that's not the, and it will be rationed right yeah it will be rationed by something
1: all right, folks. Well, this was a good episode. This is our first issue episode, folks, and I think it was a good issue given how much uh, noise it has caused on social media this week and given how much it'll be talked about over the next couple of months. Um, if you have any suggestions, please hit us up on Twitter um, at Chief Chats. Jay, anything you want to plug? Any Anything you want to um, tell people where they can find you?
2: Funny you should ask. Uh, so I'm on... Twitter at Armed Bear Caucus. Uh, you know, follow on Twitter, Armed Bear. I think it's at Armed Bears on Facebook, that kind of thing. Um, I'm probably going to make regular appearances on yet another Liberty podcast. Um, some, one of our friends from Mad Liberty is going to branch out and he wants to do something called, I think he's calling it Gun Nuts. Where we talk about two A and equipment, and that's uh, Mr. Max, the not a real anarchist, uh, from the Mad oh, Liberty yeah, crew. Max. So you guys
0: are doing something
2: together. That's awesome. Uh, I told him uh, I told him I would be his Ed McMahon, and then he says, "Who's Ed McMahon?"
0: So there you go. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I promised him I would plug that. Uh, that should be coming up in the next few weeks too. But
1: it, yeah. If you get it, you know, make sure to tag us on Twitter and we'll make sure out there to everybody. I,
2: I personally probably will never ever do a podcast. I'm have much more fun just rating other people's
1: you know. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely have you back. So I right. got parting words here.
0: Uh appreciate the talk, guys. I know that we're uh you know, everybody listening, um, you get to see a couple of different viewpoints on how to solve this problem, but the Number one thing is it's a problem, and the politicians are not giving us a real solution to it. I think that's the thing that we all agree on.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, folks. Great talk. Uh, Let's have another issue one on soon. And, hey, uh, Jay, we will bring you back after you launch your new podcast, and we'll talk about guns. All right. Talk to you then. Thank you, guys. All right, folks. Good talking to you.